Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. We're back for another special bonus episode of Dangerous Thoughts. I'm Carter Laren. Uh, can't get rid of me. Just saw me last night. I'm back again today. Please make sure you're subscribed. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend. Just one friend is enough. Go to unsafespace.com. Support the channel uh, if you want to. When you do that, you're not just supporting this show, uh, Dangerous Thoughts, but you're also supporting series like 451 Degrees with Alex Maselli, The Great Reset with uh, Comics Division and other stuff coming up. Today we have a little something a little bit different on Dangerous Thoughts. I won't, uh, I won't bore you with long philosophy lectures. Uh, instead, we have a special guest. It's my pleasure to welcome Nico House to the show. Nico is the founder of political talk network Mikasa Esukasa. He's widely regarded as the first person to expose Hillary Clinton's infiltration into the Bernie Sanders campaign. Nico, welcome. Hey, man. I'm happy to be back. Thanks for having me back on. There you go. Sorry, there was a delay. I was I was concerned we didn't have sound. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining. No problem. So uh, first, tell people how they can find you online, man. For now, uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Real Nico House. I'm also on Instagram uh, at Real Nico House and on TikTok. Definitely on Rockfin, rkfin.com slash Nico and Odyssey as well, the MCSC Network. And uh, I'm on um, uh, call-in, too. I just actually created a call-in. So I'm going to be doing some of those uh, one, a couple of times a week as well. So, yeah, those are the basic places. And I'm, I have a Telegram channel, too. So if you look up Nico House News and I-K-O-H-O-U-S-C News, you'll find me on there as well. Cool. Now, it's been, it's been a couple of years since you and I chatted at the Better Discourse Conference. And I was thinking about that conversation, and I thought – What's happened in the meantime? I guess we were kind of in the beginning of COVID, but there's been a shit ton that's happened. We've had more COVID drama. We've had CRT in school drama. We've had 2020 election drama and, and January 6th. We've had the truckers stuff in Canada, and we've had the Ukraine crisis. I don't know if I'm missing any big ones that have been in the news, but it's been a lot of stuff. It's been crazy, man. <laughs> the last couple of years, man. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like at that particular better discourse, which is actually the first one that I attended, I feel like there was that feeling that things were about to get a little bit crazy. You know, we saw, you know, the, the election was actually kind of like almost at its climax, I think, whenever we we had that Joe Biden had entered the race, the impeachment, I believe, was going on. So things have gotten pretty out of, out of hand. And I mean, it's, it's doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon, unfortunately. No, it looks like the wheels are going to come off. So... <laughs> Uh, let me uh let's start with some clarity for our audience i doubt you and i are on the same page politically I, i'm not really focused on politics primarily i'm more focused on philosophy i'm more of an ancap though politically but i think you're more focused on politics and do you describe yourself as on the left still or are, are you like have you given I guess up it depends on, on who you ask uh <laughs> you know I, I, so i get i i would say that i identify more so as an independent primarily populist I, I am left-leaning um but whatever the hell that even means nowadays because i have people on the left cheering for neo-nazis now so i don't even know what being on the left actually means anymore um you know but i have my conservative friends also the same people who are just criticizing trudeau and talking about biden's demented and calling it you know hunter talking about hunter biden in the ukraine all of a sudden we're 
echoing the same thing that Biden was saying. So I don't even know what what's what anymore. Let's just go with independent with some left leaning uh, ideology. <laughs> but I just mostly practice in trafficking common sense. I like that. Uh, it's it's I've experienced a similar thing because I'm not on the right. But over the past few years, a lot of people that were conservative were liking. They were resonating with me because I was against a lot of the COVID mandates and whatever. And yeah, then this same. Ukraine thing happened. <laughs> and it was like, and they're all like, yeah, war with Russia. And I'm like, wait, whoa, what? What the fuck? Yeah. What just happened? I, I saw <laughs> Annie Ingo, Cenk Uger, and uh, Biden all making the same statement on the same side, the same argument. And I'm just like, and no one has, no, no one thinks there's an issue with this. Like, y'all don't. <laughs> <laughs> Have I, they ever I all? Think, I mean, that's never happened, first of all. But anytime like Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC are all saying the same thing, I know that it's 100% wrong. We should believe the opposite. That's generally how that type of stuff works. So, but whenever those three in particular are saying the same thing, that should let you know, eh, maybe I can take a step back and reassess the situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I like about you is, uh, you, I would describe you as red-pilled, whether you would use that term for yourself or not. You know you're being lied to, and you're willing to expose yeah. the lies and push back on them. So, uh, Yeah, I hate being super lied important. to. Yeah. I, I feel like autonomy so, of information is so important, and that's one of the reasons you'll see, you're seeing such a concerted effort to suppress inf correct information, right? Because with, with autonomy of information, you have autonomy of decision-making. And that way, and you're probably going to make the best decision, at least selfishly, for, for you which means likely the opposite of what special interests in the elite want, which is why autonomy of information is so important. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I think for, well, I'll even say this, and I'm someone who spends time trying to figure out what's going on. And a lot of normies just don't have time. You know, they got nine to five jobs or mm -hmm. doing other stuff and, and they got to rely on the media. And even if you're trying to look, you know, one thing I've noticed is getting finding primary source material is almost impossible for most things. Like you'll read an article and they'll say so and so said blah 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 or this happened, and you go try and look for the primary source material, and like it's really hard to find half the time. And and I think if it's it really even exists, for people. right? Even if if it even exists, right? Where you had like the situation, I'm sure you already heard about the the bioweapons labs in the Ukraine that oh, USA Today, and I mean USA Today. Uh, um, a couple of other, a bunch of publications came out and said that it was nonsense. Like literally called, claimed it was false. Fact checkers claimed it was false because it was Russia. They said Russia is Russian propaganda. You can't trust the Kremlin, et cetera, et cetera. Mind you, the documentation had actually already been released substantiating this, but of course they ignored that. And then of course we saw the hearing, I believe it was yesterday, where they came out and said, yeah, actually it's all real. And we're worried somehow that Russia could take control of them and then they can be used against us, which obviously insinuates military application. So at that point, we just had a bunch of credible sources lie straight to our face, yet RTs being banned in Western Europe. RTs being taken off direct TV, RTs being taken off. But, but Russia's the one who is lying, not the people who have literally engaged in chemical weapons attacks, not just recently, but I mean, throughout generations at this point, but then going to point the finger at somebody else as a liar who's willing to use chemical weapons. It's bizarre, man. But that's why it's so important. Because a lot of people believe that it was a lie. Yeah, I mean, I maybe we should. Re I don't know if everyone even is up on this. Let me. Can I give people a little bit of background on on Victoria Newland? 
Uh, yeah, so please. Those, those who, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a lot. Maybe you'll know more. But Victoria Newland, right now she's the Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs. But in 2014, she was working for Joe Biden, who was then the Vice President of the United States. And, and he was... Uh, you might find it surprising since Hunter was so involved in Burisma and Ukrainian companies, but Joe was in charge of Ukraine. Uh, and she was the subject of a released telephone call that was tapped, presumably by the Russians, between her and um, our ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, I think his name was. And in this phone call, this is prior to the 2014 revolution. So this is when Yanukovych was still president of Ukraine. She's talking to Jeffrey Piat about basically who they want the government to be. And she says, Yats, she calls him Yats, and she's referring to uh, Arseny, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, Yatsenyuk, who was who did actually become the PM. She wants Yats to be the PM. Um, she talks about who should and shouldn't be involved in the government and what their role should be. And then, lo and behold, we have a CIA-backed orange revolution where the people she said she wanted in charge were in charge, the people she said she didn't want in government weren't in government, and the U.S. gets its way, and we pretend yeah. like it's an organic revolution in Ukraine that we had nothing to do with. Um, so that's yeah. the woman we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Victoria Newland is, is, I mean, she's a liar, and she's like literally been, what's weird is, you know, obviously the, the Biden connection, because Biden was effectively the one outside of Hillary, of course, was effectively the one in charge of Obama, the Obama administration's foreign policy. So you have Biden, uh, Victoria Newland was under Biden directly involved in the Ukraine scandal. So it was Biden. Hunter Biden, obviously, ends up on the, the, the board of the largest energy company in Ukraine, which is Burisma. Hunter Biden's getting paid 50000 a month. And then when this whole ordeal breaks down as far as uh, the so Zelensky actually was about to start investigating to get people out of the, the um, to root out the corruption that had existed in his administration from the previous administration. And then that's when the impeachment started with Trump, because he actually was about to work with Trump to get that out, because even though they disagreed politically, because technically, I guess Zelensky would have considered himself a leftist at that point. Uh he knew that he can't get anything done for the Ukraine if that if they were still there. And so to, to draw attention away from that, which is what they usually do, they say Trump is actually guilty of what Biden actually did and bragged about in a video. Uh, with the, He was talking to the CFR, bragging about the fact that he made uh, the president at the time, not Zelensky, I want to say it was um, Victor, um, what's his name? Oh, uh, so many. Something uh, Borisenko. No, not Borisenko. Was it? No. Here, I'll look it up while we're on. It was the yeah, PM of Ukraine. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the president before Zelensky. He fired the prosecutor because Biden told him to, and he said if he did not, that he would withhold aid, which is what they accused Trump of. But Biden actually did in the video. So when Biden enters the race, Trump tried to say, uh, no, this was Biden. People try to say, no, this was Biden. But then it's what? Oh, you're just saying that because it's your opponent. Yeah, but they never think, actually called Zelensky to the stand to collaborate anything that they were claiming Trump had said to Zelensky. Right. I think it was uh, Petro Poroshenko is what uh, we Poroshenko. Can there you go. There you go. That's I know it was Anko. I know it was one of the Ankos. <laughs> <laughs> Ukrainian's not my strong point. So okay. So so this so this hap. So this is who this lady is. She 
and and we we hear reports of <laughs> biological labs in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and um, and she goes before Congress. I guess it was yesterday, right? And she testifies. Yeah. And uh, wait, I'm, maybe we can even play here. Wait, I'll try and play some of her testimony so people can see it. I'll just play. I'll play the beginning, uh, or this one part. I'll play this one part that that matters. Uh, let's see. Sorry, hold on for a sec. That's not it. There it is. Okay. All right. Can everyone? Everyone should be able to see this. Here we go. Can you hear that? Ukraine has uh, yeah. Yeah, no. biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian. Probably she sounded like she was trying to figure out which lie to tell. Like she couldn't remember. <laughs> right, right. And this this next question really gets me because uh, I think it's clear that Rubio, little punk, that Rubio is intentionally setting her up to set the narrative to blame the Russians for whatever information we find out later. Uh, or That's what we would call now. leading the witness in law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's here, let's, now, let's, mind you, the last time that, that the United States tried to claim somebody was going, they, they said that they were plan- planning on committing a chemical weapons attack, that that was the, the red line. And then supposedly they did commit a chemical weapons attack, was the side. Then it turned out that was complete and total bullshit. Like, that's what we ended up finding out. That that was never the case. The white helmets were full of shit. All that shit was either staged or at least at bare minimum it wasn't aside. And now they're playing this. They're doing the same regime change playbook. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I guess we're gonna buy it. But let let's see. Let's listen to Rubio <laughs> set her up, and we'll listen to her answer. They're already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, <laughs> Senator, and it is... Was he trying not to laugh? Russian, Was he trying not to laugh? Uh, is there any doubt in your mind that it would be 100% chance? Uh, it's definitely... <laughs> we're. <laughs> I feel like you just like... So we're blaming the Russians on this, right? I just want to be clear. That's what's no matter what happens. I know there are labs. I know they're in Ukraine. I know there's like literally neo Nazis there who have been attacking their own people in the Ukraine. Uh, but it's 100 percent likely it's actually going to be Russia that does the attack, even though we even lied about the existence of these labs like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. In fact, there was a I love this. This is one of these tweets that like you didn't need to say this. And now I'm worried like I wasn't worried. The Department of State tweeted out. <laughs> I can't believe they I, seriously I can't believe they did this. They tweeted out fact. The United States does not have chemical and biological weapons labs in Ukraine. <laughs> like when did they do that? 
Uh, March 9th, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. No fucking way. I'm like, really, guys? No way. <laughs> I swear. Here, I'll show you the tweet. Well, I, I, I Bro, swear. What? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. They don't even know who's lying. Everybody's lying. They don't know what's lying to tell. This is crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. That's it's so <laughs> it's so bad. It's so it's so bad. It's embarrassing. Uh, this isn't is it, I mean, we knew when we got Biden in office, this is what we were getting. So like let's not let's not pretend to be surprised here. Yeah. So here it is. Just you know. <laughs> here it is. March 9th. Fact the United States does not have chemical and biological weapon labs in after the hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I what wow. <laughs> The U.S. is in full compliance, full compliance, except for the bioweapons labs that we have literally in Wuhan and we just that we know that we were funding now. Like, we know 100%. Oh, wait, you know, <laughs> like that just like, happened. It's weird for like a year and a half. You could get kicked off of YouTube for suggesting that a year ago. And now and then it suddenly became, oh, well, maybe maybe there's a lab leak. Oh, and it actually turns out we did fund. Hmm. We did actually fund all the rumors. And that Fauci knew the entire time, like people said, we he knew. Because his emails yeah. said it. And then he yeah. told the entire world, apparently, that he knew. All he have to does is <laughs> all he has to do is tell uh all he has to do is tell Rand Paul that he's wrong and he's a liar. And uh and that's I all, that's all am happened. science. If you if you are saying that I'm a liar, if you're you're basically denying science. Right. You're a flat earther if you don't believe Fauci. Yeah. Who, by the way, has been MIA, if you haven't noticed, huh? <laughs> Ever since the CDC yeah. came out with that uh, little little announcement. It's funny, huh? How that works. Everybody, people lost their jobs, got demonetized, lost their YouTube channels, lost their livelihoods, small businesses destroyed, black small businesses destroyed, and probably never going to come back. You know, people died. You lied, and you just disappeared. You know, he's cool. He's going to retire, but he's fine. <laughs> Fuck the world, though, you know, I guess. <laughs> I, you'll appreciate that. Well, you probably want to talk about this. I think I think what happened over COVID is one of the largest wealth transfers from small businesses to large businesses in the history of the world. Yeah, it's it was on purpose, too. Yeah, it was. So I always tell people this. Usually, most of the attacks from the elites are on the on the poor. Like, that's usually how it goes. However, there's this little thing stopping the ownership class from having total ownership, which is the middle and upper middle class, the small business class, if you will. Yep. The, it seems at this point, at this juncture, and this is speculative, I guess, but I mean, the results seem to speak for themselves. But it seems that the whole point of the way that this pandemic was handled was specifically to destroy the middle class. Yes. The middle class, like even with unemployment, the that doesn't really help a household of four where two people were making seventy five to one hundred twenty five thousand a year. Like and their their lifestyle was obviously catered around that. That doesn't say, help them or save them. That's like enough to put off the mortgage payments, you know, and lose your house a little bit. It kicks the can down the road effectively. It doesn't actually save anybody in those circumstances. And those were the people who were hurt the most by the pandemic, especially depending on what stage you you lived in. Um, and here we are. I mean, everything, all the prices went up, everything went up, premium, healthcare premiums went up. Uh, I mean, right now my grandmother can't even afford to live in her home that she's had for over 30 years. 
because you know where she was making five thousand a month with my grandfather, my late grandfather, Social Security and everything. Like that would have been good two years ago. Should have been perfectly fine. Not anymore. Yeah. Everything has gone up. Gas, uh, um, interest rates. I mean, everything. It's 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 ridiculous. Well, dude, I mean, I'm sorry. She just needs to buy right a Tesla. No one... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's the solution, everybody. Buy a Tesla. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. It was your tax dollars that went to subsidize them. So, I mean, you might as well. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. Mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, you know, solve nah, the problem right there. There you go. But the, no, I mean, the smugness of it all is, I mean, wor well worth calling out, man. Like that, just save up more. You should have just got a better job. You should have just did. The, no, 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 no. There was a careful, calculated plan to make sure none of that shit mattered. Yeah, and that's what we need to accept. Like. Stop putting the onus of the, the failure of the system on the people who are victims of that system. Like it's it's yeah, we do have to start making some moves to change it, but let's not pretend like it's it's this. I believe in liberty, but what we are experiencing is the opposite of liberty. We are seeing liberty being taken away from us, but because it's not in a traditional manner, like a slavery or a civil rights law or what you know, something like that, people aren't recognizing it until it's too late. But what we saw with the CARES Act, for example, like liberty was being taken away from us. It was being put in the hands of corporations. The same. Remember when st the stock market had like a record high at some point in 2020? And I'm like, yeah. well, hold on. If nobody's working and nobody's buying shit from, how the fuck is there a record? What is like? You see, if you didn't know the stock market was BS before that, that should have been the biggest clue. That should have been the one. Like, I thought everybody was broke. Because they were. People were losing homes. People were be going homeless, struggling to put food on the table. But somehow, some way, record highs in stock market. Well, I mean, I, what the, the class of the middle class that wasn't affected by COVID or the COVID mandates and lockdowns were the it was the knowledge class, the intellectual workers, the guys, who, the programmers from Silicon Valley who sit at home or the people at Google. They could just sit in front of their computer, but it was it was it was the middle class who have worked their way up doing something real and physical, like building a shop or whatever, mm -hmm. owning a store. Like it was it was those. So it was actually I view it as more like the upwardly mobile middle class. It's like it was the ones that were that were working their way up, not the to ones be that part had of the just, you know. Class. Right. Not the ones that went to Stanford and then got a job as an AI specialist at Google. It wasn't that middle class. It was the middle class of people who were um, coming into the middle class, coming into their own. And it was a, a way to beat them back down. Yes, 100%. 100%. That's exactly what happened. And it's, um, I don't know how people, I mean, I it's crazy to me thinking about what making, like my grandma was saying she was, you know, roughly making 4500 a month for, with all her retirement and everything. And like thinking what that could have gotten her three years ago. Like that's a lot. That's a pretty good amount of money for somebody who isn't working at that at that point. Even after her health insurance was paid, even after her bills were paid, she still had a couple thousand dollars of spending money. Like that's you'll be lucky to find a house and then be able to pay all your your you know your supplementary bills. Like after you get the house, you will be like lucky. And I'm talking about. I mean, I know people. I, I'm, I'm a veteran. And I know people who get the who get the VA loan. And I'm like, you gonna get a home? They're like. What am I going to do? Sell my home, make a profit, and then downgrade? Because that's the only way that I'm going to be able to buy a home uh, without having to go, you know, 
with the money that they bought without having to go over that. Like it's it that's where we're at. People are, are getting all these crazy offers to sell their homes, but then they go and look at the market for a similar home, even, and it's like 30% more. So it's like, what the hell? Then why would I sell my home then? I'm just gonna stay here. But if you don't, if you if you um if you try to rent, well then rent's going up exponentially too. So now you're like, I have to stay. You're either stuck uh, or you're rich. And that's basically where most people are at right now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people treading water that we're not we're not noticing that how many people are barely treading water right now. And it's that we're very, very fragile. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's myself included. And I would say maybe a year or two ago, I was very, I would have considered myself a very, very secure maybe middle class, upper middle class with me and my wife's income. But now it's like the same, uh, roughly the same amount I was making, maybe a little bit more. Like that's not enough. And like, yeah. cause now I, it's, it's a matter of, I have so many family members that need assistance and help, including my grandmother that like, it's, it's no longer enough. And yep. cause you got to go travel a little bit more. So now gas is a little bit higher. Got to hop on plane, plane tickets are even more. And I know that if I'm a person and I, mind you, I have TRICARE, people, which means I ain't paying nowhere near as much as y'all are per month for y'all health insurance. I can promise you that. I don't pay almost anything for my medications. I don't, my wife doesn't pay anything for hers. Like, and so that's without me paying health care. I, I don't know what the hell y'all are doing paying for health care, but y'all paying a damn salary for health care out there. Like, I don't know how people are surviving. And I mean, I guess yeah. at this point, people really aren't. They're having a, two, two whole families. I've seen situations, literally two families having to live together just to make ends meet, just to have some type of life outside of their home. That's unacceptable, man. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, I think, well, I guess another thing that's happened since you and I spoke is the the Great Reset has become in the forefront of people's minds. How do you think this is related or do you? What's your thought on Great Reset? Oh, it's, I, mean, it's a, I mean, it was on the agenda. <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> hell, I think they, what, Biden just put it on executive order talking about uh, pursuing digital cash digital currency yep. um not cryptocurrency like sitting here yeah the, the digital dollar specifically yep. just like everyone like uh james Cor uh corbett from the uh, corbett report um not the colbert report don't don't confuse it too uh you know I, I don't know if you're familiar with last american vagabond ryan christensen whitney webb james berman i mean jason berman is a, a lot of minds who have been talking about that this not last year not even a year before that but three four years ago they were trying to tell people this was coming because they went to the website and read it. They went to YouTube and watched the interviews. It wasn't like they had to do a bunch of super sleuthing, right? But people didn't want to believe it. Uh, and if you talked about it, people would either, you know, call you a conspiracy theorist or they would just ignore you because it was just too unfathomable. But I'm like, no, this is what the elites do. I don't know what the, what the surprise is, but we're here. This digital dollar one of the reasons that you're seeing such strict regulation on cryptocurrency, in my humble estimation, is that the digital dollar can't really exist in a world where cryptocurrency kind of came before it and is dominating in various ways. Because all I have to do, because not only can you obviously get Bitcoin, get Ethereum, get whatever, I wouldn't recommend XRP, but like you can, there's so many countries converting where you can pay your, for your groceries, your gas, whatever in bitcoin 
which is why you see in governments like Nigeria, when they were about to convert the Bitcoin, they were, I guess it was a ballot measure. They, we try to overthrow their government. We, 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 we've been attempting to control their government for a while now, but then the people went behind the government's back to make Bitcoin a currency anyway. The businesses did, which is kind of what we need here. But there's a reason for that because I can also cash out my Bitcoin, my Ethereum, whatever, and really whatever currency I choose to. So like, what yeah. if I don't want a digital dollar? Maybe if I want a yuan, maybe I want a ruble. You know, it, it's there's so many ways to maneuver around the U.S. dollar, and I feel like they're not they're they're like behind schedule. I think rolling all this stuff out, and my I think that Hillary was supposed to be the initiator, and that got messed up. And then Trump kind of this whole Ukraine Russia situation, I think is is like overdue. I think it was already supposed to happen, but they're kind of late. And they're simultaneously trying to introduce this, this digital dollar. And they're trying to hurt Russia's economy at the same time. And nobody's budging, right? Even China, China's like, we're not, we're not sanctioning. Nobody, all the, uh, even Pakistan, who usually does whatever the hell we tell them to, won't sanction them. Saudi Arabia is not picking up their calls, Biden's calls for oil. Like, we're witnessing the decline of an empire. And that also includes the decline of the dollar, digital or otherwise. So they're trying to, to, to kind of force all of these measures that were discussed at the at the World Economic Forum uh, regarding the Great Reset and Build Back Better and all that good stuff, they're trying to force everything through, but it doesn't quite seem like everybody's on the same page, right? Is it, do you get that feeling? Like some people are in on it and other people are like, oh, whoa, 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 I got, I got a, elections to win. I got investments over here. I got family, friends, et cetera, workers, whoever. And that's what it seems like. Everybody's kind of discombobulated as they're trying to push these measures through. So I'm not quite sure it's going to work how they think it will. Yeah. I mean, I think the Russia China thing is interesting because they've been, I remember reading this, uh, I think it was in a Jim Rickards book years ago. Um, he, they did this, uh, war game currency wars, I think is the name of the book. He participated in this war games, uh, um, financial war games model uh, simulation, and they were trying to figure out how, what other countries could do to tank the dollar and destroy the U.S. economy and whatever. And his team, if I'm getting this right, I think his team, they decided that the scenario they were going to do was that Russia and China would coordinate somehow. They're going to buy gold together and do some stuff together. And... That oh, threat shit. was so effective that he got kicked out. They were like, that's that's unrealistic. That would never happen. Get He got kicked out of the war game simulation because that would never happen. You're an idiot, Jim Rickards, blah, blah, blah. It would never happen. So he got they booted him from when the was simulation. War game, when was the simulation oh, done? This is probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't know. It was, it was in, it's in his uh, book. If I'm not mistaken, Russia started buying a shitload of gold before that. Yeah, here, let me look up the date on Currency Wars. I'm, I'm almost positive that's the book it's in. Uh, Bro, that's Wars wild, because Rickards. that's literally what Russia did. Russia literally went and bought a bunch of gold. Like they, Right, they, yeah, I mean, they, they, have they did exactly what he said they were going to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so hold up. Are you telling me that they're – so because I think a lot of people are under the impression that um, the, the elite are 2012, smarter. by the way. 2012 is the, when the book came <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, they've been – so that's it probably crazy. happened a few years before that, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's wild to me because literally, that's. I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty, you know, versed in foreign policy, and I do those. I, you know, I, I engage in game theory often because I'm always curious. You kind of have to when you talk about foreign policy because I have no. I, I was trying to figure out 
how the empire, what where the chink in the armor is. <clears throat> and as much of a chink as China is, China by itself couldn't really undermine the empire to the degree that it would need to if everything just remained stable and, and the status quo remained constant. But the thing that I realized is you start looking at Russia, right? Russia's allied, obviously, with China, um, but Russia's also allied with India. And Russia's yep. also allied with Syria. And Russia's also allied with Saudi Arabia. So that's, you could call that a push or whatever. You, Russia's also allied with Israel. So you can call that a push. So you, you start doing the math. And you're like, hold on. And then all the countries, then you have all the countries that Russia may not have been allied with, but the United States is screwed over. Like Venezuela, right now we're asking them for right. oil. Like, bro, you done lost your damn mind asking Maduro for anything at this point after all the regime change they tried. But you look at Bolivia, where now they have their socialist government back in, not the back, not military back when that was pushed by the uh, U.S. government. So those people are going to be more willing to work with who, Russia, or the U.S. Or are I, I literally tweeted this out yesterday and did a, I did a video on it on Instagram. I was saying, yo, the blood is in the water. And they can smell it. Everybody can smell it right now. All of a sudden, yeah. the U.S. saying, oh, don't send those fighter jets over to, to uh, the Ukraine. It might escalate the situation. It might force Russia's hand. To, what, what, sending weapons to neo-Nazis wasn't escalating the situation? Or, or y'all starting to realize, shit, we don't have as much control over these countries and these nations as we thought we did. We yeah. maybe should dial it back a little bit. Uh, and also these chemical weapons labs that that I think people didn't think that they would, that they don't, they didn't think that they would get discovered for some reason. I don't know why they, maybe they thought that Russia wouldn't do this. Maybe that was it. I don't know, but clearly somebody thought they wouldn't get discovered and then told everybody, call it a lie, call it a lie, call it a lie. And then all of a sudden it wasn't a lie, except for the state department didn't find out. So it looks like everybody's kind of on their own page here and I don't know. I don't know if it what that means in the grand scheme, but it does look like, in my humble estimation, that the United States did not think this through thoroughly, and they assumed that the elites need the U.S. as an imp to be the empire. Yeah, I'm that, that the country doesn't matter when you're an elite. You can go wherever the hell you want to. They just need an empire. Yeah. Yeah, elites don't really give a crap whether a particular country survives or not, so long as they're sitting at the top of the the mess. And they don't really care how the mess is organized. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they don't. I, I've told the story before on this uh, podcast, but <clears throat> I had a mutual acquaintance with a Rothschild. Um, mm -hmm. And this person was telling me about how this Rothschild person would fly around the world. And they would land in a country. They would fly without visas, without passports, and just land in a country and do what they wanted. And... My, my friend asked about this. They're like, how do you do that? And they're like, what, what are they going to do? We'll call their debt. Like, they can't touch us. They know they can't touch us. We'll just call their debt. They can't treat us bad. So, we'll like, when you're debt? at... Yeah, because a lot of these countries are in debt to some of these family, like Rothschild and whatever. Like, the, the large banks and the, the big, big money, a lot of these countries are in debt to them. So someone comes over yeah. and they're like, "Don't give me a don't you give me a hard time? I'm gonna call the billion the hundred billion dollars of debt you owe us." It's like, uh, that's true. Yeah, there, I it's, mean, it's, it makes, it's incredible. That's kind of how you run anything nowadays, right? Uh -huh. The hard power doesn't work as well as the soft power. I, I think we're watching also. Um, since you mentioned soft power, I think we're watching a soft 
genocide in Russia. What we're doing is trying to kill the Russian people through economic sanctions as much as we can. We're going to stop shipping yeah. them products. We're going to stop letting their bank cards work. Visa won't work. Apple Pay won't work. We're, we're trying to kill the Russian civilians slowly through a thousand cuts. Because if we do that, then maybe, maybe they'll get, they'll blame Putin. Cause that's the, you know, that's the, how the U S operates. I mean, that's what we, we, we literally we're doing, we're trying to do to Russia what we did successfully to some degree in Venezuela, except for the actual regime change part. Because all they really succeeded in Venezuela was uniting everybody behind Maduro. Like people don't even know that Venezuela has a militia. The whole world or the whole country effectively is trained. Like if you pull up mm. and they don't know who you are, because this actually happened to somebody, this happened to some soldiers in, from the US, they put up on the shore of Venezuela, but it wasn't, it, they weren't even there like to do anything. They actually just washed up on the shore because something had happened. Um, some fishermen that were in fishing gear turned around, went back to their cribs and came out in straight military gear and took them right to Maduro. Like, <laughs> but that's, that's loyalty that only comes in, in this, in, in, in the current geopolitical landscape. If you, you are fighting against consistently the empire and Putin for better or for worse has a loyalty of his people because he stands up to us and the NATO powers. Like they have a lot of pride in that. Russians have a lot of pride in that. Uh, and I mean, you think that this, this man can't win elections as often as he does without cheating, but eventually cheating will get you overthrown anyway by your own people. That's generally how it works. So that the type of loyalty that you get from setting up to the empire is a concept that kind of permeates throughout all of even the global South. A lot of those leaders that we try to overthrow in various ways, it's because they can't be voted out. And I know that um, I feel like term limits um, is a very American concept. I think maybe Mexico has them. And, but other than that, no one else in the OAS, the, um, the um, it's the organization of um, American States. Uh, they, no one else has term limits. Term limits is actually, in my humble, in, in my opinion, it's, it's anti-democratic. It undermines the will of the people. If the people want people, somebody to serve four terms, then they should be able to. And so, because I feel like that consistency is important. Putin gave has given Russian people consistency. And throughout all of this, you are right. They are trying to, because they can't hurt the government itself. They're trying to hurt the working class of Russia. But he's made Russia so self-sufficient that they it, it's going to take them a few months. But they already have backup plans for this. Even RT had a backup plan. People don't know about yeah. it completely yet, but they already they already building an RT Africa. They're working on RT India, uh, Indo uh, yeah Indonesia, um, Iran. They're gonna be working with, alongside Press TV, uh, China. So they already had a massive black backup plan because they predicted that this would happen. Russia is not stupid. Apparently, the U.S. might be, but Russia isn't. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think one thing that's happened with the U.S. is they, we've gotten so bloated that the deep state isn't a single entity. It's like this hydra, and it seeps into everything. And I think a lot of times the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. So there's stuff going on that the rest of the government doesn't know, and someone's doing this, and someone's doing that, and the budgets are huge, and they've got a lot of resources. So I think it's it's difficult. it's difficult for people to figure out, well, what is the U.S. actually doing? Uh, and when you look at a country like China or Russia, 
it's a lot clearer. And I think the U.S. is losing its moral high ground. Banning RT? Like, what are we going to say? Putin censors. Uh, now all he has to do is say, yeah, so do you. Like, what's, what's the yeah, problem? Exactly. Like, like, we just lost exactly. that moral high ground completely. Yeah. Putin's going to use chemical weapons. Well, it looks like you're the one with chemical weapons. Like, what? what they And it's weird how... So they call Putin an authoritarian dictator, which, like, literally, before he even went to the Ukraine, he actually consulted his legislature before doing so. And he didn't even send in the maximum amount. He just consulted legislature. Uh, let's just say the U.S. would never... Because that's like a, a minor operation for the United States. They would just send the troops. What fuck am I talking yeah. to Congress for? Right? This is this is the U.S. calling somebody else an authoritarian. Like the audacity. Why? Because we because you undermine chose to undermine the will of the people because of the fear of Henry Wallace, the specter of Henry Wallace at the time, and you didn't want another person to be able to serve three, four, five terms if they actually did what the American people wanted. You decide to implement term limits. So. Which in and of itself is authoritarian because like, of course, then they began to take control of the political system, electoral system, bit by bit, piece by piece. And so we're at a point where the person probably attacked more than any other candidate on the Democratic stage by Republicans and Democrats. Somehow he became the president. Some per somehow this person who literally true. cannot finish a sentence. He can't even finish a sentence without stumbling and mumbling over himself. Not like. Everybody stutters. I get that. This isn't that. This is a, I, don't, I can't. He he can't. He confuses countries with people. He confuses the name of people. He acts. He's accidentally still racist, even though he's given all the speech speaking cues. Don't say this. Don't say that. Don't say this. Don't say that. You know what? You're not black. Like no, Biden. We literally said That's don't say those exact words, and you did the opposite <laughs> of those. Like somehow he become like you're you are a segregationist. Like. You were a segregationist. We have it. He wouldn't even apologize for the 94 crime bill. He just kept doubling down and bragging about it. And somehow, someway, this man becomes a president. And then Kamala, who was the promised one, I'm sure you're familiar with the whole meeting in the Hamptons in 2017 that everybody reported on. Like, she was the one who was supposed to be president. And they were like, we're going to make sure she's in this administration. We don't care if she didn't even make it to a single vote of the primary before dropping out. This is who y'all want because we said so. Like, and then you have unlimited terms for congressmen who get paid off because it's legal to because they keep making sure it is. Like, we have an authoritarian government. We have an unaccountable government. They want to call Putin evil. Bro, we have, what, a, a 750 bases in, like, 80 countries? Roughly? In that ballpark? What Are we, are we there yeah. delivering people... Uh, ho hos and, and Gatorade, like no, it, it's I don't I don't believe that any superpower is altruistic. No one should. You should never believe that. I believe Putin uh, has his interests. Some may be good for the some may be good for the Russian people. Apparently, a lot of them are, which is why they keep voting him in. Some may not be, but as an American, I'll be damned if I ever think I have the audacity to even begin to look at what another leader is doing before I'm like, first of all, let me just go ahead and clear this out. Everything that any U.S. leader does is bullshit. It's a lie. We've done more damage. We've been more evil than any other country in the world because, well, you're not even allowed to, to, to do good or evil without consulting with us first. 
That's how bad it is, right? <laughs> like you got to be part of data. Why? Because the U.S. says so. You got to take this loan from the from the IMF. Why? Because the U.S. says so. Oh, you can't let Turkey into uh, into uh, the EU. Why? Because the U.S. said so. Because we don't want to have to consult with the EU before we do anything out of Turkey, which is a lot, a lot, especially at the time. Like, it's we're it's it's we're an evil country. We are the empire from Star Wars. We are the Fire Nation from Avatar. Whatever goddamn, whatever metaphor you want to use, we are it. We are like right now. We are with Hydra is coming into light. They have cut off one head and two more take its place about 50,000 times over. Everything, the most negative thing, if I hear, I could hear the Clinton body count like and never heard it before. If I heard it today and I never heard it before, I'd be like, yeah, 100%, I believe it. Mm -hmm. Yep, I believe it. Why, why wouldn't I? Why would I not believe it when we witness Ghislaine Maxwell go to trial? <laughs> found guilty. Okay, found guilty of what? Trafficking women that were trafficked underage and had sex with adult men. Okay, so if she's guilty of that, there has to be some more indictments coming down the pipeline, right? There must be because, some Johns, oh, right? You know? You know? Like, you would think that that was... No, there's nothing. All these names in this black book, all, all these witnesses that confirmed it and confirmed it. And we're mentioning names like Bill Clinton. We're mentioning names like uh, uh, Prince uh, Harry. Uh, was it Prince Henry? Uh, wait, no. Um, not Andrew. No. Andrew, that's what it was. Andrew. It was Andrew. Yeah. It was and Like, they mentioned all these, including Hillary Clinton, for whatever way she was involved. Bill Gates. Like, yeah, we're not going to investigate any of them, though. Right. So, yeah. The most evil thing you could think of. If you claim it about the U.S., I'm going to assume it's true. Yeah. I mean, I think I think where a lot of people get their feathers ruffled when you say things like that is they they have an outlook on the world that they're that one side of a conflict must be the good side. And it's completely possible that both sides are bad um, in things. And I think they also have a nostalgic view of the U.S., often that they they look back at like well there's some there's some good things in the bill of rights and there's some good stuff in the constitution and also andy griffith is is what cops are like they have this nostalgic view of like this is how Hollywood, this is the us right? and, yeah and like oh maybe we got out of control a little bit now but we're still pretty good it's like you can i and well i don't know how you think about this but i i look at this and say I can praise many of the, I mean, I don't think it was, obviously it wasn't implemented correctly, but I can play, praise a lot of the ideas at the founding of, of the U.S., like, hey, individualism, it was not implemented correctly, but, you know, I, I would take a, a maybe a Frederick Douglass approach to criticizing the Constitution with respect to that kind of stuff, but I can praise a lot of the beginnings of the U.S. and at the same time say, but that's not where we are. That's not our government. That's not what's happening in front of us. That's not the beast we're riding today. We are like we're it's a completely different if if Thomas Jefferson and the founding fathers were around today, they would be with Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately. Like it's I mean, it's, the our Constitution is not like bad. In fact, I would say it, it, the original version of it was really good. And I feel like the room for improvement had always been there but like you, there are things that have been introduced that completely undermine it and then 
the ways that we as people can affect the changes of the constitution have been stripped away from us. Like, for example, I think there's supposed to be actually uh, 4,000, roughly 4,000 Congress members. Like not even joking. Some way along, somewhere along, I want to say it was in the twenties. I want to say, it was in, so don't quote me on that, but I want to say it was Teddy Roosevelt or Woodrow Wilson, one of the two um, that changed that. And started absorbing power into the executive branch. Now, the reason why that you're supposed to, the reason why you're supposed to have four thousand is because the amount of Congress people per uh, state was supposed to be a direct ratio uh, to the population growth, and that's not what we have. So it's it's to the point now where we're completely and totally underrepresented because that makes it easier for special interests to buy off those people. And the few that aren't bought off will never have enough power to affect the change that we're asking for. You, I mean, like, are the are originally you think the founding fathers intended that to happen? They, I'm sure they never intended for the Constitution to be manipulated like this. But this is where we're at, and we have to kind of like we have to deal with what we what we are. We don't, oh man, I know what we could be. I know what people, I, I mean, for me, obviously, my idea of nostalgia with the U.S. may not be the same as the average person in the United States, but um, even morally, maybe we had a little bit more uh, morality at one point. Uh, we were more community-centered at one point. Policing may, like, because I don't know if you know, but like the militias, before they became the National Guard or were absorbed by the National Guard and became police departments too, um, you know, the, everybody was trained with a gun, because you were likely, if you're a boy, going to be part of that militia and you are the ones in charge of policing your town. You think that Sam is going to go kill, you know, aunt, you know, his auntie or his mom's best friend, May, her son. And act no, because they know each other. You're going to give the benefit of the doubt. You're going to treat them like humans. Like that's the element that we have lost. Um, yep. and, and I don't I don't know how to start getting it back. Honestly, man, I, I wish I had answers to that. But it's, um, you know, these conversations, I guess, is a good start. But I, I think we have to get the buzzwords and things like that, too. I don't know either. And I mean, you're kind of veering into the territory of why I'm an anarchist, which is um, I don't I look out at I'm not an anarchist because I think that like anarchy is better necessarily. I just I don't know how to make a government that doesn't fall apart. Like I can't figure out a way like no one has proposed like here's how you do it. So that it doesn't fucking just fall apart and become an evil monstrosity in 250 years. Like, I, I'm not like you, people can point to the Constitution and stomp their feet all they want. But like, it's a piece of paper and we ignore it. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so like yeah. it, it, it nah, just doesn't. You know, when I look at this, when I look at it, I think the that's why I'm more focused on philosophy and culture and psychology, because I think ultimately we have to change who we are in our culture. Um and if that changes, it almost doesn't matter what political system we have in place. We'll make it work. Yeah, um, I 100% agree. That and let's sprinkle that with a little bit of accountability because I feel like that's the biggest thing that we're missing as a culture. Like, So it's either one of two things. There's either no accountability uh, or in, oftentimes it's wrongfully placed accountability. That's like yeah. so um, where so there are cases where we need to be self accountable as individuals. I would say a, any in any case, you should be self-accountable. Always try to control the circumstances that you can control. But on the other hand, there are people who scapegoat other people, right? Some people scapegoat 
immigrants. Some people scapegoat men. Some people scapegoat women. Some people scapegoat, uh, you know, another country or whatever. Instead of looking within or looking like questioning. Okay, so why do I skate? Like asking, why do I scapegoat this person? And why do I not? Because my thing about Biden, right? When I was arguing on with the left, which is basically the whole election, I'm y'all. I'll be damned if I vote for him, y'all. Lost y'all damn mind. Like I would literally vote for Trump before I voted for him. I actually didn't vote for either, but I would have voted for Trump before I voted for him if I was going to vote for any of them, because I can't buy this thing that you're going to push him left. Because throughout the entirety of this election, y'all have not held held him accountable once nor have y'all sought to hold him accountable, nor have you asked him to hold himself accountable. So he hasn't decided to hold himself accountable because why would he? Y'all aren't punishing him for it. Y'all haven't even threatened to punish him for it. And now he will act as if he cannot be held accountable. And what have we got? Literally. Do you think he's in control he of anything? He to our faces every single day, bro. Yeah, $2,400. Just kidding. What I meant was the money that Trump already gave you, plus this money, which actually isn't even this money. It's not going to be free. Actually, I'm going to take out your taxes. But $2,400. But do you think he even is in control? Like, I look, sometimes I on, I swear to God, I honestly just feel bad for Biden. And I think, like, he's an old senile man. He should be sitting on the porch sipping some iced tea. And his grandkids should be like, tell us about corn pop again, dad. Or, you know, grand granddad. Like, I don't. I, I feel like he's being used by everyone around him. Like, go say this. He can't even do that well. Go make this speech. Go say this. <laughs> like, right. try not to slur your words and don't say anything racist. And like, you know. And don't, don't sniff anybody. Don't sniff anybody. Right, yeah. Try not to sniff any kids. That's, that's probably the hardest one for him. Um, but I, I do believe he's being used, right? But if there was accountability, do you think he would have even, even allowed himself to be put in this position? Would he even, no, because would he, he be younger. as abhorrent of an individual as he is today if there was accountability? If he was held accountable for how he treated Anita Hill for engaging literally uh, with, with segregationists to, you know, keep segregation alive, like a lot of uh, the 90, 94 crime bill, if he was held accountable back then, would he even want to be in the public eye right now? Knowing that he won't be held accountable is exactly why he allows himself to be used. He's like, man, I mean, it is what it is. No matter what happens, I'm going to be fine. My family's going to be fine. I'm good. Yeah, that's, that's one reason. Point. That's why That's why Hillary Clinton keep talking. Like, in a normal society, she should just want to shut the fuck up and never be heard from again and just be happy that someone hasn't pulled up to her crib and, and had some conversations with her that probably won't be all that pleasant or all that peaceful. Like, that's what a normal society. In a normal society... Joe Biden would be dragged out the White House because I get gaslighted day, on a daily basis telling me how much people care about racism. And we just had International Women's History Day and, and how much we care about sexual assault victims. And da, 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 and yet Tari gets ignored and slandered. We have a segregationist in power like who literally said you're not black if you vote for him. If you don't vote for him, he's lied regularly and often and we're not dragging him out the white house there's not i mean there should be thousands of people every day but like you said that's because we have a cultural problem because there is an acceptance that is there that people are not willing to admit is there uh at least out loud 
Like, yeah, you have the right that argues with, and then it's like left. They all claim, I don't know how many leftists uh, are, you know, finger wagging at Biden. Now I'm like, I don't want to hear it now. I don't want to hear it. Because we told y'all this was worse. We told y'all yeah. this. We didn't have to guess. We have 40 years of proof. But everybody's so, fe so fearful of the shaming of not being part of the status quo that they'll just do whatever and then be surprised at the consequences, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I know someone in, someone in chat mentions that the the black community leaders supported the ninety four crime bill. That that may be true, but no, if no, you no, look no. At Bi the black no CBC, know. the Congressional Black Caucus did. That's what he always says. Black community leaders, it like the actual ones, like not the ones who were bought off, like you know uh, Lewis and all them. No, they they knew what this was about. They were fighting to get drugs out of the communities. And they were fighting uh, to control policing. They were not trying to be policed even more so. But the CBC was the one. And the CBC does not, the, the Congressional Black Caucus, for those of you who don't know, they don't, they're not representative of, of Black interests no more than Rubio is actually a constitutional conservative. Yeah, the real divide, the real divide between us is not the color of our skin. It's whether we're in the elite class in Washington or not. Um, like that's the, once you, once you get in, oh, you're a fellow congressman. Yeah, we can fight about blah, blah, blah with words publicly, but we're all going to support Ukraine and we're all going to support this and we're all going to do that. And like, as long as the status quo moves forward in some way that benefits us personally, we're all cool. Yep. That's basically how it goes. I mean, look at AOC, look at Cori Bush. Cori Bush was the last person I expected to play ball to the degree she has. Like she got screwed over by the squad and, they, and she still fell in line. Like, you know, the one, you get Elon Omar squad, is opposed to this, which is interesting. Opposed to what? Ukraine, which is interesting. Yeah, Wisconsin. Actually, given that the Muslim Chechens um, that are fighting against the Ukraine on the side of Russia, it kind of actually makes sense. that There's a lot of Muslim countries that okay. don't fuck with neo-Nazism, believe it or not. Uh, surprise, surprise, I guess. So it makes sense. A lot of the time, Elon Omar's views and advocacy tend to fall in line with her religion, uh, except for her yeah. husband. Who was a Zionist, which is super weird, um, awkward, uh, but <laughs> but um, yeah, like, but I, I was kind of surprised too. She's she's on an island in this regard because AOC is definitely like go Ukraine, even though nobody even understands the dynamics of the Ukraine. But that's a whole different thing. You heard about them taking uh, Ukraine on fire off of YouTube? No, they did like yesterday or day before yesterday. I think it was though. They took it off of YouTube. After it's been yeah, been on there for for like five, six years. Is that the um is that the one that was produced by uh Oliver, Oliver Stone? Stone? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And literally just a fact based, historical based, primary source documentary, literally a bunch of interviews and from people who are actually there or part of the yeah, it's crazy, bro. Literally like a government officials saying, Yes, Biden was our point man. Government officials in the Ukraine saying it. He overthrew the government. Talk, talked about color revolutions and all that good stuff. I mean, it. I mean, it's just historical analysis of reality. Like, and YouTube's like, mm, why? Because mm. Google told him to delete it. Delete it. Why? Because Google was owned by the CIA. In case y'all didn't know. I mean, hey, we liked it earlier because no one cared I, about Ukraine, but now we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't pay attention to it earlier. That's what always happens, right? The things like yeah. that that are ahead of its time. 
they don't nobody pays attention to it until it becomes relevant again which is why it's so important to just do the work regardless you never know when it's going to be needed um but uh it's on vimeo by the way in case y'all want to download it for your own files um but, i've been meaning to watch it but i haven't so thank you it's oh bro it's so good i mean it's okay. i i mean they I found out that during World War II, the United States was backing neo-Nazis in the, or no, not they weren't neo-Nazis, they were just Nazi Nazis in the Ukraine. Like, and we, like, part, not, it wasn't even part of Operation Paperclip. We just protected all the Nazi leadership in the Ukraine and hid their identities for them to use them later on and help relocate them around the world. Like, I know, we, I, I, I knew we were doing that with uh, the Nazis in Germany, like, basically, oh, my, my fun theory uh, which is apparently is probably true at this point, uh, is that the Nazis never lost. Uh, I call it the Obama effect, right? We killed Hitler, quote unquote. Nazism is dead. Just like you elect Obama, racism is dead. Because that's how the United States works, right? You kill Stalin, communism dead. Da, da, da. Like, that's how the U.S. operates. The, if you kill Hitler, the war is won. And everybody thinks that being a Nazi is so grotesque that you would no one ever would want to be that. So Nazism is dead, probably, right? Except for you find out that, you know, Operation Paperclip, we brought we hired the Nazi scientists right. and then like head of NASA, at, at the first head of NASA, if I'm not mistaken, was a Nazi. And then the first chief of staff of NATO was a Nazi. Like you start going down and then you find out Ford, GM, GE, uh, all those type of companies, they sued the United States because we bombed their Nazi subsidiaries and they won yep. the lawsuit. Yep. And then you find out that we were caping. No, 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 no. We were not just like oblivious and aloof to what was going on in Hitler's Germany. No, no, no. We were defending Hitler every time someone called him a Nazi, every time somebody called him a genocide of media. Time magazine was defending him. If a judge, it was like a, a, a it was a federal court case where uh the judge Basically, he had to green like somebody was burning a Nazi flag or waving a Nazi flag or something like that. And he said, y'all can do that, but only because, you know, you're in the U.S., but make no mistake about it. Hitler's basically a piece of shit. The ideology is shit. Da, 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 da. FDR's Department of Justice made that judge apologize to Hitler. Wow. Yes, they knew there were or there was such a, a, an uproar about the Olympics being held in nazi germany that their attempt there was an attempt to actually protest that and create a different olympics in spain now surprise surprise literally the day that those olympics were supposed to happen uh, there was a goddamn revolution quote unquote that was instigated by the u.s turns out so they didn't even get to do that literally the day of the first day of those games was supposed to happen <laughs> so like it looks like we literally created Nazism. And if you look at our foreign policy, hell, even now, right? If you're brown, black, Mexican, whatever, you're an illegal. But if you're from Ukraine, uh, according to you know NBC, uh, what do they call them? White, Christian, they look like other Western Europeans. Well, then you're a political They said refugee. that overtly. They said it overtly, yes. And, weren't, and, weren't, and she didn't even flinch when she said it. It was bizarre. But that's... Yeah. That is, if you look at our foreign policy, that's how it's always been. White Cubans, well, then you're a political refugee. If you're a black Cuban, you'll be one lucky to get over here. But two, you're going to be treated like shit once you do, because it's ran by the people that ran away from your country that got overthrown by Fidel. So, and those people were racist. Remember, segregation ended when Fidel got there. 
or when he took over white people a white cuban specifically ran the country before that so they come here guess who the highest guess who gets arrested at the highest rates black cubans not even black like not even black people not even black haitians but black cubans specifically because they're being targeted i get targeted out here because people think i'm cuban so it's like that and so you look at our foreign policy then it makes a lot of sense we don't use a lot of chemical weapons on like Western European countries or Eastern, even the whiter Eastern European countries or whatever. We don't use chemical weapons on them. We use them on Vietnamese people. We use them on Iraqis and and uh, uh, people from Kuwait and like that, that's who we use that stuff on. But everybody else we engage dipl diplomatically. It's it's when you really begin to break it down, it looks like Nazis never lost. We had just convinced ourselves they did because Hitler died. But I think. I don't know. From my perspective, I think the dirty secret here is they've got us wrapped up in this, like, arguing about, well, like, they, they even have, even the whole political spectrum. It's like, on one side, it's communism. On the other side, it's Nazism, which is like, those are, I, I don't, I, those it's are kind strange. of very similar, right? In that, like, well, in fascism, you've got, uh, You've got basically government doesn't own the industry, but the industry's kind of own the government. It's all kind of one thing. Like they can dictate yeah. what happens and blah blah blah. It's it's very tight. Um, if you read like um, what was his name? The founder of Gillette wrote a book about how to get. Well, so actually he was he was on the other side. He wrote a book about how to get to like communism, world communism through corporations where they would get bigger and bigger and bigger and then eventually merge with the government and take over because that's what communism is. Like the government controls everything directly and owns everything. So well, like- no, communism is supposed to be the, so the, there wouldn't actually be corporations in it. I mean, by the, I mean, to the letter of the law of communism, the means of production would actually be owned by the worker and they would effectively be Well, but in- there is no worker, right? There's, there's always someone in charge, right? So- so that that Gillette's idea, well, no, the, work, I, the, the worker or the working class, like, yeah, there could be a manager or a supervisor or whatever, but like the, uh, at least the, so the idea of corporations I'm referring to specifically is like these mega corporations at the U S the multi, the multinational, I guess you would call them corporations that technically wouldn't be a thing under communism because of monopolies and things like that aren't permissible under that, under that concept. So I'm just saying strictly to the letter of the law, but I, I do get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I mean, I call it like a caricature of communism. I'm not a communist myself. I actually don't believe that any of those things work in a vacuum. I think that that's silly to think that you can apply just this blanket logic or blanket um, ideology to any country. I'm like, all right, it's going to work. Because like you said, people's people get involved. Yeah, I mean, um, I... I, I we can quibble over how how I, maybe I didn't explain well how he wanted to do it, but it doesn't matter. My point generally is no, he probably did want to do that though. Okay, both of those systems. Yeah, are I agree with you there. Like he probably did want to do it that way. I wouldn't say. It. Go ahead. Like no, neither of those systems are. Both of those systems are systems where elites, even communism, is a system where there are elites in control. There's a central planner who's in charge of like you. This is what we produce. Blah 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 blah. Like. There is not freedom under com. There's no individual freedom. You can't. You can't just be like, I'm going to start a competing. I'm going to make my own socks and sell them. You can't. You can't do that, right? So, both of those systems are versions that I think both fit with the Great Reset model. They're both exactly. Elites don't really care exactly how it works as long as they're at the top. All. All resources are under their control whether it doesn't matter who owns them in name 
and you don't really have a say in anything that's going on. That's the goal. And it doesn't, and they've got us arguing about like the structure of that. Yeah. And I'll, so if I'm not mistaken, and somebody who watches James Corbett more than I do probably. So James Corbett did this, this thing about China. Um, and I actually tend to agree with him. The, the moral of the story was China's playing good cop and the United States is playing bad cop. Cause whenever, you know, us comes in with hard power, China can be like, Hey man, you can work with us. Hey, but it's not really a choice. It's just the illusion of choice. Cause like it's, you got to work with them or you're going to face the U.S.'s wrath and they're going to just going to take your resources. You don't get, you're not going to get anything out of it. But in that documentary, he talked about the fact that uh, Henry Kissinger actually said that we want the world to embrace communism and capitalism, quote unquote. He's like, because mm. both of them are the same thing. At least what he what they're pushing, what the elite this is how Kissinger described it. Yeah. He's like. But we also want the idea of communism to be warped in this these people's eyes, and the idea of capitalism to be warped in these people's eyes. Why? Because they need boogeymen. But in actuality, wow. it's like what you said. It's about the elite. It's all what it's really about. Like there are elements of both capitalism and communism and socialism that you need in a society that you don't have to call capitalism, communism, or socialism. It should just be assumed, free market, whatever you want to call it. But like the safety net, things like that. But when you put people into a, an ideology or a team, right? Let's just call it that. When you put people on a team, now it's about defending my team no matter what, rather than about what's best for people, right? I think that that's probably where we're at. Like, and we're, we're at a place now where people are like, we're arguing that if you're against the mandate, then you can't be a communist. Now, I'm not a communist, but I'm like, what? That's dumb as fuck. Why would you say that? Well, because you have to do what's best for the for the populace. I'm like, well, who said that's best for the populace? Well, the government, I'm like, well, I thought you don't like that government because it's hyper-capitalist, you know, crony <laughs> capitalists even, and they're at the behest of these pharmaceuticals. Well, yeah, but then I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't have both. You literally cannot have both. <laughs> People don't see that because they are so caught up in representing their fucking team. And I'm like, your yeah, team is stupid. Yeah, bro. It's just your team is wrong. Like, I don't know what to tell you. They're not, they're not, they're lying to you. I mean, it sucks. I feel like it, it, we're at a point now where more people are beginning to see it. But I will say we definitely kind of got set back a little bit by this Russia Ukraine thing. Cause some of my like I said, man, I expected my leftist friends to do the whole moral virtue signaling shit. Like but a lot of them even began to get it right quite sooner than I expected them to. But some of my conservative friends, bro, like, I'm going to need y'all to give 1979 their foreign policy back with this McCarthyite bullshit. Like, guys, the U.S. Assad doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. They're I'm talking sorry. about, I mean, we, <laughs> we have people seriously saying we should get, we should kick Russian students out of universities. It's like we're, we're this close to internment camps. Um, so oh, very let, let me let me ask you this question, because, uh, again, I'm not on the right or the left. So but I know you came from the left, even though you're independent now. What what's ha like from your perspective? What's happened to the Democratic Party in the last half a dozen years? Uh, I think it just got exposed. I think that they've always basically been this. The difference <laughs> being that they tried even harder to project an image that they're here to help us, that they're 
the anti-racist party, that they're the pro-women party, that they're the pro-social uh, um, uh, social welfare party, like, but they never were that. But in the age of Bill Clinton, basically the post uh, Democratic Leadership Council, the DLC, like where they were like, the conservatives are beating us up too much. We just have to be more conservative than now. Say that you're going to be tougher on crime, you know, things like that, um, that you're going to be tougher on on Russia, et cetera, et cetera. Like they stopped, they stopped that for a while. And that started with Bill Clinton. And then they started again. I mean, they, they literally made this pivot. You know what? In order for us to win, we have to um, pretend to be the polar opposite, antithetical or um, of the of the Republican Party or whatever they say they are, whatever face they put out in front. And yeah. obviously you kind of start that with a, an Obama, if you will. And they went from there. But now, because we just have the benefit of social media and retrospect, oh God, are y'all full of shit? Well, how long has this been going on? Because that's kind of like a lot of, when I'm looking about politics, I'm looking into politics, usually historic, from a historical perspective, and then you start to see, hold up, y'all have always been this fucking horrible. Y'all have always put up racists. Y'all have always put up sex pests. Y'all have always not held these people accountable. Y'all have always pretended to be different than Republicans and then worked with them on the worst possible policies. Like, so the difference, it isn't what happened to the Democrats, it's what took us so long to figure it out. And that's just their diametric shift into pretend to be to, to pretending to be quote unquote social justice warriors without actually being warriors for justice at all. But that had always been the case. I'm surprised, but I love that answer. So let let me uh <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, oh, they changed, but no. Uh so I are you what do you say to the the Democrat argument, for example, that there was a great switch? And 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 all of the racist Republicans are, are all the racist Democrats moved to the Republican Party. And that's where all the racists are now. Uh, I would say that that would be true for both then, wouldn't it? If there was a great switch like there are people who there were like racist Democrats who moved into the Republican Party. But there were also racist Republicans who moved to the Democratic Party because of gerrymandering. I mean, gerrymandering and carpet bagging and all kinds of shit. So like, yeah, but like. Harry Truman was a racist and they were, think about Harry, Harry Truman, Harry Truman, CIA guy, like racist as hell. Uh, I mean, Cold War initiator, instigator, uh, him and Harry Wallace were in the same party. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't a great switch. I would say the, the pitch might have differentiated because you had to begin to take into account factors like population shifts but there were, i don't think it was as great of a shift as what people think they are there was like mansion is a great shift in your example lbj even they always point to lbj like lbj was the one who introduced the civil rights act They're like no he wasn't he was a president who just signed the shit and didn't he didn't begrudgingly he they so they initially introduced the Civil Rights Act, I think a year before that, and they didn't pass it. Congress didn't. And Congress began to be scared for their fucking lives because people were protesting every single day out in front of their offices. Like, because that's how most things get done. You have to make politicians fear. Like, that's how things get done. But LBJ was known literally as a connoisseur of the N-word. Like, that's a great shift. Bill Clinton is a great shift. Mr. Super Predators. Like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, who was literally a segregationist in our like not in my lifetime, but like in my mom's lifetime, and then he became president. 
That doesn't make yeah. any. And and now what's to say for those who are like Thomas Massey, who is more of an environmentalist than anybody in the Democratic Party party currently? I right? Don't know him. What's I mean, to I say know about of him, but I don't just, know his stance. Yeah, yeah, bro. He's an environmentalist, literally. He ran as a Republican because mm. of the state he was in. But I think that you and I both, Thomas Massey is not a fucking Republican, nor is he a Democrat. Tulsi Gabbard would be another example of that. She's obviously not representative yep. of the Democratic Party, but I wouldn't call her Republican either. She just ran based off of what she was or what was the best place to run and our best party to run it in her state. But there wasn't, I don't like this idea where people pretend everything just shifted. It was like a, a switch. Like yep. if Martin Luther King died in what, 1968, 69? Right? Yeah, I was, I was going to say eight, but I don't know. I can look it up. One or two. It was one of the two. I want to say it was 69, but I don't know. When did MLK die? I'm looking 68, April 4th. 68. Yeah, so 60. Yeah. He was a Republican, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Uh, I think he I don't know what his political views were, but I know that he was much more in the republic like traditional Republican ideology. And then towards the end of his life, I think he started being a little more socialist in his his viewpoint. But you know what it's but that's that shows you just exactly like people. But he, we don't know if he ever changed his affiliation because I'm sure he didn't know because of everything that had happened. You didn't know who was who. Right. But like, let's be real. Is that any different than where we're at right now? Literally, look at what we're dealing no, with right know. now in the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Why does Joe Biden? Why is Joe? Does Joe Biden, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and, and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and AOS? Why do all of them sound a lot? Where, where is the shift? We have a segregationist you know, in power. <laughs> He's a Democrat. <laughs> where was the shift? <laughs> segregationist guy. Uh, maybe Skynet is already in charge. Maybe we are living in the Matrix, and these are just programmed. They're just programmed to behave this way, and that's. Oh, we're definitely in the Matrix. I mean, whatever that Matrix might be, we're definitely in it. Whether it be prison of the mind or prison of reality, but. The, the matrix in my, you know, in my opinion is, is this system of control that yep. we're in, whether it be like, you can't grow your business properly anymore, uh, without being involved in social media. But unless you say exactly what the big tech oligarchs want, you will be banned and there will be no repercussion from that. You can't lie. You, you can't quote unquote lie, or rather you can't tell the truth, but You'll get banned for as if your truth is a lie, while those who get paid to lie are propped up. And then yep. when the lie gets exposed, no one talks about it, right? Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and zinc. How many lives could have been saved? Or rather, how many lives were ended because they were denied access because of the lies that were put out? Like, yep. and it's the feeling of not being able to do anything about it. Is the mate, but I feel like the first step, obviously, of breaking out of that, uh, of feeling at least empowered, is to realize that you are in a matrix of sorts, and to just assume that anything that has any real power um, that you're that that's being pushed out in front of you is intentional. If it's being pushed in front of your face, if it's being repeated time and time again, like Assad, his he he gassed children, he gassed children, he gassed children. That's a lie. Just assume it's a lie. Got to be a psyop. Yeah, it's got to be a psyop. Uh, the the chemical weapons now, even 
if anybody was to you know use chemical weapons, it would 100% be Russia, right? What? What? Hold on. How do we even get to that conclusion? That doesn't make any sense based off of any of the information that we just talked about. Even their own information, which they were trying to sell as, yeah, cool. You know, we got you know labs and stuff like that, and yeah, we had them. Even though yesterday we told you we didn't, but your conclusion is somehow Russia's going to use chemical weapons because. They don't want you to be able to make logical connections. They want you to make the emotional connection because your emotions are how, are how oftentimes how you are controlled, which is why people who are on the spectrum like myself, I don't really care about what they have to say. If the if there is if there is a, um, a breakdown in logic, people who are on the spectrum, usually, especially people with Asperger's, there is nothing you're going to be able to say to not address that and just move on to the next thought and think we're not going to think think anything of it. Like there is a there's almost a red alert, like especially for me. I don't know if it's that to that degree for everybody else, but there is literally a red alert that goes off in my head even if I'm not paying attention. Like hold up, what did they just say? No, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense. Rewind, rewind, rewind. Like that's one of the reasons I was so good at debate. But because there is a for people on the spectrum, it is very hard for them to be con conditioned by society which is why they get ostracized when they are younger because they do not fall into societal norms, which ends up being a benefit as you get older and do what we do because you're just saying things for as they are and accepting them for as they are. And you're not trying to convince yourself of something else. Yep. Is, is what it is. Yep. So what do you, I, so my, my wife is Chinese. So we, and we pay attention to what China's doing a lot. Um, and they're they're in the midst of they are really good at waging financial and PR campaigns around the world. They've got a lot of people in Africa and South yeah, America and elsewhere really starting to love the Chinese because they're coming in and helping and putting in money and building schools and teaching Mandarin. And like they're so they're they're really on this kind of PR campaign. And you've got Putin, who um, I assume that none of this is making him weaker only because we're told that this is all making him weaker. So I figure that's a lie. Yeah, he's probably right? fine, <laughs> right? Like he's probably fine. <laughs> so um, what does that mean for you? When you think about the future of the United States, what does that mean for you? Do you think, do you think we're just going to, is this Rome? Are we falling? Is it going to decay? Or are you trying to save it in some way and restructure it? I mean, I'm just about saving the culture. Like the, the I, I'm like you, I want us to save ourselves like the united states the beautiful thing about the u.s is is the potential it's the people here it's all the adversity that people had to overcome to to be here or live here or exist here um uh and and all the talent that has accrued because of the adversity one of the things that like i pride myself in as like a minority like i've been a victim of racism i mean believe it or not it's been mostly from from, from liberals, uh, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it is like because I because the racism of my experience is going to be like they're not calling me the N word. What they're instead doing is preventing me from entering certain spaces, spaces, engaging with certain people, getting certain opportunities, etc. And then you find out later on, oh, that person actually is a high key racist, right? Um, right. But I learned how to maneuver. I had to be a lot more innovative. I had to be a lot more self sufficient because of that. I've had to expand my qualifications and my resume because I had to go harder. I had to be smarter and get it wrong less. And that's made me a better person and a more productive member of society. And to some degree, everybody has that story. And that's what makes America, in my opinion, uh, so great. 
uh, I always say our leaders are not a representation of the people here. I, I like it to, to now we may be complicit because we feel powerless to change them. But like, I'm a firm believer that our elections are rigged to shit. Like that's just, I mean, based off the, the literal electoral science. So in that same light, I cannot then say that our leadership is an exact representation of the people, the individual people who are, who mo what the majority of the country doesn't even fucking vote. So, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Cause they don't believe in it. Right. And so I think that, um, we just with, with, with China, for example, I do believe that China is a problem, maybe not for the same reasons that other people might think I'm more in line with the, they're doing a the good cop, bad cop scenario. I do believe also, even though there is I think that that the elites believe China and the U.S. are like working together for their benefit. I think China actually has their own plan and they're nowhere near as stupid as the U.S., nor and they're yeah. way too prideful to allow anyone else to dictate the outcome of their success. You don't come up with a 200 year plan and take a break and be like, hey man, Klaus Schwab said we had to scrap this shit and do what he wants. Like, <laughs> that's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, Xi Jinping dumb. does not care about Klaus Schwab. I'll say that right now. Exactly. He doesn't give a shit now, about Klaus Schwab. Mao Zedong, Mao, Mao did. Mao was a Yale guy. He was a, a skull and crossbones kind of guy. People forget like, like Mao's like a lot of leftists and Congo communists, they celebrate Mao. But like at the end of the day, I don't like I don't like I don't even like really calling China communists, I guess, as much as I don't no. like calling America, quote unquote, capitalists, because like if they're enemies and they hate each other so much, then why did the United States like we crush socialist nations? We destroy them. There is no truly socialist nation that has become a superpower, mostly because of us and NATO. So how is it that not only do we this this communist nation getting become become an economic superpower, but we effectively hold their hand all the way there while claiming we hate them and them yeah. to work with us and deregulate and deregulate and deregulate, which only benefits us and our multinational corporations. And they're like, yeah, it's cool. Whatever. We'll do it for you guys. What? So yeah, are, China, are they really China is not communist. They, they are in no way communist. I think what happened in, I, no, I think what happened in China, I mean, they're communists in name, but I think what happened yeah. in China was, uh, look, after Mao, Mao had, I mean, granted, he was aging and getting delusional, but look, Mao had a lot of failures at towards the end. His, his plans weren't working. The economy was falling apart. When Deng Xiaoping took over, Deng Xiaoping, he came out of exile. He took over. When Deng Xiaoping came back and took over China, I think he explicitly looked at this and said, look, guys, we don't care about the ideology of communism. We just want a strong China and we want to be in charge. We're the, we're the, we're, we are, hey, this, this is the, this is the, the, um, basically the Politburo version, the, the Chinese version of the Politburo. Like, this is our, this is our committee. We need to have power and stay in power and we need to build a great China. And I think what China did mm -hmm. at that point was in a very, I mean, it's, I'm I'm saying this from an amoral perspective. I'm not saying it's yeah. good. But what, what they did was very pragmatically say, how do we build a really good tax farm? And they experimented. And they were like, well, we'll give a, a sort of free zone over here that has these freedoms, but not this. And we'll try this over here. And they, they experimented and built a tax farm, which is what they have. They're very good tax farmers. And it turns out that mm -hmm. a lot of people are just happy with um, – more comfort, the ability to have a little bit more financial success, 
And they don't care so much that articles that the government doesn't like get deleted from WeChat and, and, and people get whisked into, thrown into jails in the middle of the night. Like they don't, that doesn't, they don't care about the yeah. surveillance state. Because the majority, because it's it's different, right? The majority of people benefit from it in some way, form, or fashion. Whereas mm -hmm. in our state, even though it is also a surveillance state, at the at, at its current juncture, it is not a surveillance state that the majority of people benefit from. It's we get screwed to the degree that happened during the pandemic, and it's also a surveillance state. And it's like, yes. yeah, I know communist China only has really one party, but like. Do we really have multiple parties? Like, do we really like <laughs> at no, this point? We have the illusion no, yeah. of two parties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not, in fact, all that different. No, and I think if if China felt like their system of government was a threat, they would build a facade of a two party system and like they would and keep trucking the same way they are. They would be like, oh yeah, oh sorry, you want two parties? Sure, it's uh. <laughs> It's me and Bob over here, and like, or like, all right, what? Well, fine. Weren't y'all we just in the same? Weren't y'all just best friends in the same party? Like, y'all literally worked together. <laughs> no, 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 no. What are you talking about? I hate that guy. Fuck Bob. Yeah, bro, yeah right? we've always yeah, fuck you too, bro. <laughs> but we're still going to dinner later, right? So we're having play dates. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that we're still right. Act. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what our, that's what the U.S. Got. That's what United States politicians do. It's funny as shit. Like it, it's absolutely. I mean, it's not funny because it's terrifying, but also. It's funny, I guess, how long it's taking people to figure it out. But I will say, though, I will say the, the Ukraine PSYOP has been just deteriorating in front of us. And it's been pretty, pretty cool to watch because I did see people that were a little bit louder in its support of neo-Nazis, quite literally. Uh, they, you know, they say Zelensky or whatever, or Biden or whatever. But like what you're really saying is you support giving weapons and money to neo-Nazis who've been killing other Ukrainians. That's what you're really saying. <laughs> Right. But and people tried to debunk that, but it's coming it's, out. It's true. What? So people tried to debunk that, but you can look it up on Wikipedia, and it's like, oh yeah. And there's pictures. Think all these Ukrainian soldiers, and he's like, oh wait, that's like a Nazi symbol they're wearing. Like, yeah, that it's true. Hotting <laughs> on the bro, you know what's funny about that? Like in 2017 or 2018, Congress actually introduced a bill that basically says stop funding NATO battalion because they're Nazis. Right. And we just right. did it anyway. Like literally. <laughs> They're like, hey man, maybe this isn't a good idea, but it happened anyway. So it, it's weird because, like, it, when all the see the problem with the narratives that they they push now is that you didn't care about policing this narrative in 2014 or 2013, even when you started it. That's when the narrative actually started for the most part, yep. and you didn't care about policing it back then. You're paying bat and cleanup, except for we still have all the information where y'all were just being straight up and honest and not deleting everything and not censoring people for mentioning it because you didn't think anybody cared enough about it but it's still there for the most part until they do delete it but at that point it's too late so now their narrative is unwind even bro it took 24 hours for their lie about the chemical weapons to come out Fuck, less than 24 hours it was their <laughs> chemical weapons no they're not just kidding yes there are but hold on let me tell you let's talk about it let's talk about it i don't want you to think that i was lying to you i was just trying to you know i was saying there aren't a lot of weapons like you know we're not they haven't been built yet we're just researching that's what we meant by they, they don't exist completely. Yeah, and yeah. we call it and it's research life. material. And if, if and if the Russians use the research material, it's one hundred percent Russian. I mean, I'm look. I may have been, I, I might have been, you know, not totally true. But I, trust me, well, it's the Russians. If, it's, you, you know. if they're not weapons, <laughs> it, it, it's weird. You're like, nah, man, they're not weapons. Yeah. Labs It's just chemical research materials. <laughs> but if the All Russians right. get them, they definitely can use them 
to do a weapons attack. Well, <laughs> wouldn't that make the research military related, which makes them weapons, bio weapons labs, bio <laughs> weapons labs, research labs. All it's not a gun, but if Putin weapons. shoots you with it, it's his fault, man. That's all I'm saying. How could Putin do such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and what's funny is they even try to claim was a it wasn't a hospital. Like, yeah, they recently they tried to claim a hospital, but they I think they claimed a, a, a church or something like that got bombed, and it turned out it wasn't a bomb. One, two, it wasn't even Russians that were there. Was a firefight that was going on, and the Russians right weren't even in the building. It was the, the neo Nazis who were in the building, and then like a fire started like sporadically like out of nowhere oh, it didn't even make any the, sense because okay. they weren't even using incendiaries apparently the russians weren't in that particular case and like but this but the u.s and all their mainstream media publications ran with putin bombs church and killed innocent people but that there was no bomb that ever went off <laughs> like literally this is happening and what people also and by the way this particular location was actually a location that neo-nazis had been trying to bomb and trying to overrun for a while now like this that's what makes it even like oh that's really coincidental sure it wasn't the, the Nazis, the literal nazis nah we're pretty sure it was the russians oh you mean the russians have been the russians. like literally giving out warnings before they attack anything hey guys just letting you know we're on the way just want to let you know because we're probably going to have to kill some people there but we don't want to actually kill not nazis just the actual nazis so but now we're going to bomb a hospital for no reason <laughs> Like, but it CNN just, says it, it's on. a military mind, almost, if you will. Like, it's like, yeah, the, the yeah, Putin is struggling to get positive PR from the Western countries. So let's bomb a hospital. <laughs> That's dumb. Almost as well, dumb as you Assad. Know what I think it's interesting attacking his own people right before he's about to win the war and get the U.S. out of his country. Right? That makes hundred percent. It's, it's an insult. <laughs> well, I, I, you know. The Russian propaganda machine is so powerful that they elected Trump. So um, that's what I've been told. <laughs> so all of this must be Russian propaganda. Everything that we're seeing, it must be like self-defeating Russian propaganda. That's what must be happening right now. That's what they, clearly, you know, it's funny. So um, I'm a contributor on RT uh, International, not America, uh, even though I do some segments there too, or at least I did. But when we would do uh, our production meetings, it, people would probably laugh. Literally, the conversation would go, hey, Nico, what you want to talk about today? And I would say A, B, C, and D, and this and that. And they're like, all right, cool. Just wanted to check. All right, man. Good luck. See you later. Let's know if you need something. That's how it goes. Literally. When you're on YouTube, you can't do that because you have to be like, well, wait, you can't talk about that. You got to talk about well, no, You can't say this. That's <laughs> the conversation yeah. we have is this is what gets us banned. Yeah, I know we just, like CNN just had an interview with this guy, but you can't interview him. Why? It'll get us banned. What? Yeah, right. that's it's it's all the stuff that we can't talk about, not because it's the truth, not because it's not the truth, but because it is the truth. That's what's bad. That's what's horrible. Like seeing they can get away with lying over and over again, but RT can't even get away with telling the truth. Yeah. Well, because Marussia. Russia, so. right. All those so. English speaking and American. Like, I don't even think I've actually heard a Russian commentator on RT. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. um, like the like executive, the producers not. are a lot of the times, um, but not even every producer is Russian. Most of <laughs> us are either American or British, actually. 
It's kind of funny when I, now I think about it. I guess, I, you know, then now I think about it, I'm like, damn, most of us are, and it's usually people like I'm, I've always been independent, but it's most of the people are people who are fed up with working for the mainstream media of their respective country. Yeah. And they're like, hey, can I say yeah. what I want? And they're like, yep, we're going to pay you a lot less though. We're like, eh, fuck it, whatever. It's cool. Like, because, <laughs> yeah. bro, I can tell you, none of us get paid what you would get paid. If I was doing the same thing at Fox News, like Tucker, good guy. But, you know, we, yeah. we, it's a trade off. It's, it's a trade off to have a clean conscience and to be able to say what you feel uh, without being censored. And, and, you know, the, 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 the stones that we have to take, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't care. Like at this point, the truth is that important that somebody's going to attack me as being a propagandist. I'm like, okay, where's the lie? If you can't tell me the lie, then shut the fuck up and get out of my face. I don't really care. I mean, I, I've been attacked for, for less over the last several years. So you think I'm going to be mad about, you, you know, me, a, a name that you just, oh, because it has Russia yeah. in it. When, when the, if a, especially if a person is like from America and like, man, that's just state sponsored propaganda. I'm like, hold up, bro. Is that a <clears throat> CNN article you just retweeted? So which one was that sponsored by? Lockheed or is it Boeing? Or is it straight from the State Department? You know, one of those. That's Pfizer, man. Don't say that. Sources. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anonymous sources, you know, trusted sources with the intelligence community. Yes. Chris Steele said this, and we didn't pay him or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I want people to consider something for a moment. <clears throat> let's, let's like, I'm just going to play like a little bit of a devil's advocate. Let's say that Russia is like, yes, we want to fund Russia RT because it's going to disrupt the U.S. It's possible. It's possible that, and I don't want to break anyone's brain. It's possible that we're living in a matrix of propaganda completely run by the deep state and the cathedral now. And Russia knows that just paying people to say the truth is what will break the system. Like, we don't have to control Literally. it at all. We just have to pay them and say, Literally. we're not going to censor you. Do whatever you want, because that will fuck your country up. Yeah. Like, like, they don't... We. It's crazy, because I basically talk about mostly foreign policy and electoral politics whenever they come around when I'm on RT. And I'm thinking about, it like... I'm, I'm like, how many times unprompted have I brought up U.S. imperialism while I was on camera? And it's a lie. Like it's almost hard to have a conversation, and it's like a bring you know rest in peace like Ed Schultz for example, another guy was anti-war in Iraq and all that. Why did he leave MSNBC and then uh, at some point Fox News and go to RT instead? Because he wanted to talk about that and he couldn't. So hey, you want to talk about what you want to talk about? Like the truth? We'll just pay you a little bit. Yeah, man, that's cool. And then you hire yeah. enough of those people who are pissed off because they can't tell the truth to tell the truth. And somehow the truth always just ends up screwing over the United States. <laughs> maybe there's yeah. a reason for that. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a reason, just a little one for that. And, it, and mind you, RT has both conservatives and leftists as commentators, contributors, even as guests. And somehow, it always like me and Peter Lavelle have the same uh, outlook on this Russia-Ukraine conflict. And Peter Lavelle, who was, who's a um, on Crosstalk, like he's a conservative. He's a constitutional conservative through and through, and we have the exact same view on this particular situation. Right. It's almost as if, you know, maybe just maybe, because we both believe in the truth, and although we might have different solutions, the problem 
it's something that almost everybody on RT genuinely agrees on because of yep. where we left to go to RT. Yeah, I mean, look at even even mainstream journalists that you know aren't necessarily on RT but got kicked out of their worlds, like Glenn Greenwald and Barry Weiss, like anyone who's like, oh, Max no, Blumenthal. you're not. Yep. Oh, Max is a great one. I mean, Management of Savagery is an awesome book, right? And it's like, well, you're. I'll I'm sorry, and I, I'm sure. I'm sure Max and I don't agree on a bunch of politics either, but man, that guy cares about the truth and he exposes the truth and he's like, this is what's going on. Um, yeah. And oh, man, yeah. can't have him. Can't have him. Can't have him. Can't, I mean, you got, you know, they got, when they, America, remember they banned press TV like not too long ago? Like as uh, my guy Richard Medhurst, um, he's Syrian and his parents are, one of them at least is, is a diplomat. And so he like speaks Arabic fluently, I think French and English. He lives in the UK. So like he joins press TV, whereas before it may have been a little bit innocuous, but he has a very good social media presence also. And he's a, a professional video editor even before he got into this commentary. So now press TV is like taking off and people are like, oh man, let me follow press TV. Let me see what they got to talk about. Let me see what they have to say about this because of Richie. So as Richie grows, press TV gets banned. That's literally what I mean, it was almost. It, it was weird. I'm like, bro, could all this really be over one guy? But then you realize how the United States really works and how the deep state works. Oh, yeah. You'll be the one guy before you even realize that you were the reason that something happened. It happened to me. You, you know, the YouTube algorithm got flipped on its head because of me. Yep, that was me. Uh huh. This is a true oh, story, really? my man. They literally found me. Uh, uh, the guy who worked on my page uh, when we were partners with YouTube before we got completely and totally demonetized and removed from the partner program, he told me because of the content that I had did on Kamala um, during the election, when, especially when no one else would talk about her, uh, we were growing too fast because it was like a combination of that and we were telling the truth about Tulsi and no one else would cover her there either. And they were like, you're growing too fast. Uh, you basically have put out a formula, if you will, on how to get to break through the algorithm gatekeeping of the mainstream. Uh, they don't like that shit and they're about to flip the algorithm because of you. He found me at an event in San Francisco for Tulsi actually. I was like, what? Wow. That's crazy. They're, why would they? He's like, it's not because of how, how famous you are now, but like, look at what, like, look at your trajectory. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, now uh, that trajectory doesn't just slow down if you, you know, with the other algorithm, it grows and grows. And and you're talking about for me, I'm a person who's had political experience. I work with multiple presidential candidates. My team has, I mean, I, I was the co-founder of the, the DNC fraud lawsuit. I mean, we have legitimate credentials that were compounding. And we had access to, uh, like, we have MCSC journalists all over the country. Uh, we were a problem. And they also begin, of course, look at the other journalists who were getting a lot of views. I mean, bro, it was one day I dropped four videos in the same day and it was 20,000 views, 40,000 views, 100,000 views, 60,000 views, like boom, boom, boom. In the wow. same day with hours of each other. Bro, Jeez. CNN could never. Literally, they were not able to. <laughs> okay. They were literally not able to do this. And other people more popular than me were doing it to the same tune. And they were like, no. The last thing they want, he was very honest with me. I appreciate it. He's like, bro, they don't not go, they don't want some independent-minded black man becoming famous with, with credentials. They don't want that, let alone an independent journalist at all. So one person, you could be the person, like if you're really, really doing this for the right reasons, you could be the person or the reason that uh, control of the system gets flipped on its head, and you may not even know it.
but it's usually because you're on the right track. So, you know, keep doing it and the movement will provide eventually, you know, whatever Did, movement you want to call was it. This? I don't 2019. You know what's interesting? Our channel's about the same size as yours. Like maybe we're like a one or two thousand less, but we're r roughly the same size subscriber wise. We stagnated about like right like, shortly after that. Yeah, yeah shortly after April. that we like. Yeah, I mean, like I think something changed with the algorithms. I think something totally. Yeah, changed the, with the used to be seventy percent of your viewers came from unsubscribe, unsubscribe individuals. 30% came from subscribe. It's flipped to where it's like 85, damn near. 85% of your views come from subscribe. And then like, you're lucky if they even see it, right? You're lucky if they even get the notification. People are yeah. being forcibly unsubscribed from channels. If you post, people, you're like losing subscribers the moment you post, like bro, the video is still processing. Nobody's even watched this. There's no way somebody just decided to unsubscribe just now. Like, yeah. and they have people that they pick on, they hunt down. Uh, in in February, uh, February 18th, actually last year, uh, we got me in, uh, oh, yeah, I think it was every channel. Yeah. Every channel that was monetized on our network got the same and a few outside of our network. Kim, I Kim Iverson was one of them. Uh, Jamal Thomas. Uh, we all got a letter at the exact same time from YouTube saying that we were being removed from the partner program at the, I mean, it was like six or seven of us, bro. At the exact same time on the exact same day, like it was wild. Which means I'm like, oh, so they're literally watching us specifically at this point. Yeah. Because um, we were, you know, hey, people, you, did you get one of the uh, Epstein bully copyright strikes yet? No, yeah. I didn't. We haven't talked much copyright. about Epstein. We got a copyright strike for covering Epstein back in the day whenever he first got arrested because they said we were bullying. This is apparently, I, I thought we were the, one of the only ones, but apparently it's a common thing. People who have viral videos had them taken down by YouTube for bullying. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. bullying Epstein. For bullying I want to be clear. Yeah. Poor, poor Epstein. Found guilty. So was Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> but reporting that he was guilty? <laughs> bullying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I gotta Dude. get out of here soon, though. I do have another interview in a second. Yeah, I just realized but, um, I I planned for an hour, and it's been almost two hours. So, <laughs> thank you for your time. Um, course, let me man. see if there's any particularly questions for you. I don't think there are. Um, something on. I'll 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 let you go and answer a few super chats if necessary here, but I don't see any yeah. that are particularly aimed at you. Remind people how they can find you, uh, where they can follow you, because clearly, maybe YouTube you're not posting on as much anymore. So. Not as much. Nope. Cause uh, I'm always worried that any day, anything I post could get taken down and get my channel removed. And uh, I try to let other, you know, save it for the rest of the network who still tries to use it to, to grow and all that good stuff. But we're on YouTube, MCSC network with Nico house, primarily on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash Nico, um, N-I-K-O and Twitter, real Nico house, N-I-K-O, H-O-U-S-C, Telegram, Nico house news, um, Instagram, Real Nico House. I post a lot of reels there and TikTok, same thing, Real Nico House and Odyssey as well. All righty. I'll put links to all that stuff in the um, in the description below for everyone to see. Man, uh, I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll answer a couple of super chats, but thank you so much uh, for coming, dude. I always love talking to you. Uh, I feel course, like we could yeah. we could have a five hour conversation, probably argue about some shit, but at the end of the day, I respect your uh, 
your dedication oh, to bro, ferreting love, out love, the truth, buddy. I love our conversations and I, I love our, 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 our disagreements because usually our disagreements are like super like just rhetorical jargon and, you know, get into the meat of yeah. the definitions. Of what, I love, I, but I love those kind of conversations, man. And I got, I got to get you. I got we're actually about to start a new podcast, like a more long form podcast here pretty soon. I definitely want to get you on to, to get your takes on all this good stuff, especially the, the anarchism and kind of like helping people understand what it is and helping people kind of recognize a fake ass anarchist because there's a lot of them out there too. Like they're a bunch of fake everything else. I'm sure you kind of get fed up with yes, those. There are. Yeah. You know, Hey man, you don't believe in uh, anarcho nidoism like Vouch? You don't believe in that, bro? You think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm an anarchist, but I want to be in charge of everything. All right. Yeah. Um, he said, but it's different because it's completely voluntary. That's what he says. Voluntary to be part of NATO. Voluntary, <laughs> if you don't mind your government being overthrown if you disagree. If that's what you call that. But Yeah, uh, yeah, that's cool, man. It's great talking to you, bro. You too, buddy. Take care. All right, everyone. Let me do quickly do some uh, super chats, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Francis Montgomery gave us five bucks and said, Hey, Carter, are you going to start reading Rumble Rants? I don't know what Rumble Rants are. Uh I, which is maybe a boomery thing to say, so I apologize, but I don't, I don't know what they are, so I'm not going to start reading them. But I will go figure out what they are, and maybe then I will. Uh, G man, welcome back. G man says, since the Ukraine situation started, nobody has commented on the great Malenko. Are we just going to sweep that under the rug? Yeah, that's what we do. That's you're supposed to focus on the shiny object, G man. It's Ukraine now. Uh, get with the program, buddy. You have to, you might have, you might not have updated to NPC 3.7. That's the current software. Um, it's, uh, you can tell because it's in a blue and yellow package. Sergeant Hodel, good name, says, it's looking bad, guys, here. There's no Zoom class opposition to Biden. There's no Zoomer class opposition to Biden. Oh, great. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe their Zoomer class is like, eh. I watched a DEI segment on Fox Soul site and it's a Fox News woke deranged of MSNBC feminine site colors with oh rainbow dudes each commercial break. You gotta be kidding me. I got I don't even know what Fox Soul is. I'll go check it out. Thanks for the super chat, Sergeant Hodel. And Keith the Hack Guy says the Constitution requires one rep per state minimum, no more than thirty thousand people max. New York got six then in nineteen twenty nine. Congress fixed it at four twenty five. Now have one per three quarters of a million people. That's representation. Uh, yeah, Keith. I mean, you know how I feel about democracy, which we haven't really didn't get into with Nico too much, but uh, maybe we'll in the, in the future. Uh, oh, one more from Matt R. He says, great show, great guest, great interview. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, I like I said, I really I have a lot of respect for Nico. I think he's great. And um you know, I think we we do disagree on a number of things, and you know, there's stuff I could challenge him on, but the guy doesn't give a crap what the narrative is, and he's just trying to get to the truth. Uh, and I think we need a lot more of that. So, uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you all for watching. I think that's the end of the super chats. Thank you all for watching. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share here on YouTube or Rumble or Odyssey or Utreon. And I'm actually thinking about looking at Rockfin because people keep talking about it. So I'll check that out as well. Maybe we'll be there eventually. You can always go to unsafespace.com to watch the show uh, and to support our work um, for all the channels or all the all these series that we have here. We will see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific for the last episode of Kofefi Break. We will have Lou Perez from We The Internet TV and Sonny Loman from House of Sonny.
joining me. So until then, take care. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been approved by Neil Young. Please consider canceling the responsible parties. Here's a list. Do you know what's fascist? When truckers refuse to deliver products to the ruling class. That's what the dictionary says. I swear. The continued war on drugs will require the distribution of free crack pipes. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it. I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.